The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina, and the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know, new NFL inductees were enshrined in Canton, Ohio last week. NASCAR's induction ceremony takes place in January. But this place is plenty busy today because the driver of the number 22 Ford for Penske Racing, Joey Logano, is here and he brought a new car with him. Logano joins us for the full hour of NASCAR America. Um, you know, it's just cool to, to get through it on the other end. Uh, yeah. I was, I was just looking over our shoulder. Oh. He's telling me I got lucky. It's I'm going to tell you, lucky. Lucky is that I don't come over there and hit you with that cane. <laughs> That's lucky. Where's the sword? Where's the sword? There's a guy with the sword over there. The sword's over there. Oh. Yeah, let's, let's bring the sword in. Is that where you take a sheath off? Now I got two swords oh. at the house. So uh, there you go. So that's pretty good. Show You're going to join us on August 9th yes. Yes. from the Hall of Fame on yes. NASCAR let's, America. So, let's go. That's so fans, be fun. go ahead and start sending in your questions now. Joey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, that's all news to me, yeah. so I'm excited about there it. There you go. Yeah. 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 Let me know my schedule. And some of our best post-race moments have happened with this guy. Pretty yes. good, Joey, when you, we start off the show with the cane. Yeah, it's, that's one of the best moments. <laughs> yeah, you know, I notice all of that is happening in, after victory lane, yes. which is, I mean, you're always in a good mood after that. So we need to do that again yes, pretty we quickly. Yeah, you yeah. need that yeah, be nice. with within the next month, right? Yeah, yeah need that yeah. to happen. Yeah, Pretty quick. Yeah, And it was nice that you decided to show up after we shamed you in. We didn't really have you scheduled yeah, for this date, but yeah, New Hampshire, we just threw that on. Come on, yeah. Dan. I was just acting like you're on live television, and she was like, yeah, yeah. I'll see. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll see you there. I don't know what else I'm doing. Well, we're glad you uh, at home are with us here at the Hall of Fame. We have a lot of great folks uh, joining us as well. It's nice for Dale to open the doors to his place, DJ enshrined yeah. here, along with Kyle and Dale's dads as well. And I actually met Eileen and Dale over there on their honeymoon. Yes. They, NASCAR brought them together. Yep. So yep. Uh, we have a lot of great folks. Uh, NASCAR's tore a lot us. of people apart. Might as well bring a couple together. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun hour, as you can tell. Kyle's feeling saucy. Let's go ahead and show you what we've got coming up for you uh, here at the Hall of Fame. Joey's going to reveal his throwback Darlington paint scheme. The car is covered and right next to us. That's coming up later in the show. Plus, we'll dive into Joey's racing roots, find out what makes him so competitive. Oh, look at little Joey there. And Joey's going to answer fan questions throughout the show. So send us your questions to our NASCAR and NBC Twitter handle with the hashtag AskJoey. Though we start, though, with a bit of news. This morning, Hendrick Motorsports did make it official, announcing William Byron as driver of the number 5 Chevrolet next season in the Monster Energy Cup Series. Multiple outlets had reported Monday that Byron would replace the outgoing Casey Kane in that ride. He has three wins this season for Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series, where he is racing for that championship. You know, William Byron wasn't even four years old when Jimmy Johnson made his first Cup Series start back in October 2001. Next season, they'll be teammates alongside newcomer Alex Bowman and Chase Elliott. Byron talked today about his big opportunity. 
Yeah, it's been really special uh, excitement for sure, just knowing that uh, next year is going to be an incredible opportunity for me. So uh, this is really, as a kid, this is where I wanted to be, and uh, to see that come to fruition is, is really neat. So um, really excited for the future. I didn't expect it to happen at all uh, a couple years ago. I raced a late model and, and was racing legend cars um, and didn't expect to, to get to this level. So um, it's really surreal. I probably have still have to pinch myself and, and realize that it's happening, but uh, I'm gonna enjoy it. Opportunities like this, um, you never know when they're gonna come and um, I, I feel like I can learn on the fly and I feel confident in myself. So um, I'm ready to go and um, I know I've got a few more races this year to uh, to get even more ready and just going to use this off season to uh, prepare and be the best I can be. And you'll have uh, we'll have more of that interview with William Byron with Marty on tomorrow's show. But Joey, it's interesting because you were actually the same age. William will actually be 20 when he starts. You were 19 when you moved up mm -hmm. to the Cup Series. Kyle made the great point that you didn't have a lot of other 20 somethings around you when you started. Yeah, I think that's some of it. Yes, and he's got a couple more years experience, maybe not in actual, you know, race cars growing up, but he has experience in trucks, Xfinity. So I have a full year in each of those before he jumps in the cup, which still isn't a lot of experience, let's yeah. be honest. It's still yeah. uh, pretty fresh, but he's proven that he's done such a great job in those other cars that, you know, hey, give him the shot. You know, yeah. they're, they're looking to put someone in it. Why not uh, give William a shot? Yeah, what's the toughest part of that, though, in going to that next level? I mean, it is a, I mean, you race against, he races against you uh, at mm -hmm. times in the Xfinity series, but moving up there to the very best all the time, what's the biggest adjustment there? There's no bigger jump, and I've said this before, there's no bigger jump that I've made in my racing career from the, than the Xfinity series to the Cup series. That is the biggest jump I've ever made because you're racing against the best of the best. You know, you're racing against all the guys that won their local racetracks. They've won a ton of Xfinity races and they're all racing to each other at the same time. So that competition that you see in the Xfinity race sometimes where you have three or four cup guys in it, now you have everyone with that amount of talent in the whole field yeah. all the way across. So that, that jump is really, really large for drivers. And sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. That's what I figured out. I went into the whole thing. I said, I don't even know where to start. I was like, I don't know where I suck. You know, like, how do I get better at this? All right, well, having said that, you were there just a few years ago. If you could give him a piece of advice, what piece of advice would it be? I feel like where, where I kind of screwed up is I came in and I, I believed the press. I believed that I was the next best thing since sliced bread. I believed that I was going to be awesome and I was going to jump in this thing and be, you know, be successful right off the bat. And I was everything but that. So once my ego shrunk up enough and I got, you yeah. know, hopeful. A rude awakening pretty much uh, I was able to start learning and, and start just finding little things here and there and learning about what makes my car go fast at every single racetrack how to race other cars how to race other drivers um, how to be successful is it took me a long time just to kind of make up for where I thought I was so good uh -huh. yeah you are good, but hey, here's the thing to me is I remember talking to you in the garage area and couldn't believe that you know this was a guy that Mark Martin had touted that was going to be the next uh, best race driver that, that this series had seen, but in talking to you, I mean, just very mild-mannered, and then to go out and watch you on the racetrack perform, and then I see a lot of that in William Byron when I talk to him. He doesn't have a lot to say, but very quiet about it. And then you go watch him drive a race car, and it's unbelievable. So where do you turn that switch on and off? <laughs> when that helmet goes on and you tighten that strap. <laughs> Todd Gordon, my crew chief, makes fun of me all the time. He says, when you put that strap on, I must cut off some blood circulation to your head or something. Because you turn into a different person. When, you, when you're competitive, 
in a competitive environment, whether it's really for me, whether it's you're playing Monopoly or something yeah, or, you're, yes. or you're racing, you, you turn into a, just a different person, you know, because it's all about winning. It's not really about being a nice guy. It's not about helping others out. It's about winning. And, uh, and you have to be that way to be successful in any sport, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. When you went into Gibbs Racing and you followed Tony into that car, um, and this is my question is, that was Tony's team. You were just the driver. How important is it for a William Byron or you in the position that Penske put you in to have your own team as you go down this road? It is very important. So you just have to invest a lot of time um, into it and really get to know all the guys that are working on the car, get to understand the, the company. I mean, really, I mean, how much time has he spent in Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really know. Um, so I think kind of learning how everything works, learning about your teammates. The good thing he's got is that his teammates are, are all pretty young, besides yeah. Jimmy Johnson. So yeah. they got one of the best, maybe the best driver out there and team out there to learn from. But also has, uh, you know, some younger guys in the team as well to kind of lean on and, uh, you know, maybe even take some of that pressure off. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, if you jump, like for me, I jumped in with, you know, Denny and Kyle oh, yeah. and. You know, they were so good, and I was weak, and it was intimidating. You didn't know where to speak up and what to do in these team meetings. Uh, you know, it's a good little mix I think they got over there with some younger guys, really young guys, and, and uh, you know, very great champion. Yeah, you talk about the step up and, and the level of competition as far as the drivers go. What will be his adjustment from an Xfinity car uh, to a cup car now that they've taken a lot of the downforce away from the cup car? You go a lot faster. That's <laughs> for sure. It's crazy how much faster the cup cars are than the Xfinity cars. They're, they're so much harder to drive. Um, you know, you're going so fast into the corners. You got to lift a lot more. Um, what it takes to make a cup car go fast, the feeling that you have, is a different feeling than what an Xfinity car takes to go fast. Yeah. So um, that's a big challenge. The feel being close will be something that obviously is going to have to yeah. adjust to. Um, you know, and it's all the way down to the little stuff. Now you, you got to maximize getting on the pit road and running your road speeds you have to be so good at all the stuff to win you can't lay up in the cup level mm -hmm. to, and still expect to win a race as as i look at this appears to be a changing of the guard in this sport um and it's it's happened at different times and as we lump all these guys together the the chase elliott's the daniel suarez the the ryan blaney's uh the william byron's you're leading that pack you've been here five or six years you've contended for championships as you look at these moves these other teams are making, are you saying, these are, this, these are my peers, these are the guys I've got to race against for the next the 20 years? Life. Yeah, <laughs> those, are, those are the guys. You know, I remember there being a big, um, a big wave of younger drivers coming in years ago, and they kind of came in as a group, you know, Matt Kenseth and Biffle and all of them, they all kind of came in, you know, Harvick, a lot of them all kind of came in around the same time and then they've been in the sport for so long and now uh, you see a few of them starting to retire and it opens the door for another new wave. Yeah. Um, I was kind of in the middle of that. You know, I was like the, I kind of got in the middle of that, that wave at some point and you know, this is my ninth season doing this already. Yeah. So um, I like my position because I got experience and I'm still only 27, so I got some youth in me still. So uh, I don't really know which group I fit into, yeah. but I'm all right with that. I kind of like my position that, that it's unique and, uh, and I think I can make that to my advantage as well. So how, oh, go, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, how about this side of it? So you're a young guy coming in, not even old enough to go buy a beer, 
But do these guys care about that? When you might make a mistake, they don't mind coming and chewing your butt out, do they? No, no, they didn't care at all when I started. <laughs> I don't think I'll be any different today. <laughs> I was going to ask you, you talked about the fact that William Byron kind of had to learn quickly, or you will, you know, he hadn't had a lot of experience. Uh, there was a tweet, Landon Castle, I don't know if you saw what Landon Castle wrote today. Landon said, um, he put it up on, this was when he was doing, I guess, a, an iRacing sort of tutorial, and the question came from William Byron six years ago. William Byron asking Landon Castle, how do you get so much grip? My best, and he's talking about his best qualifying lap, asking Landon Castle how can he improve on like an <laughs> iRacing seminar six years ago. So I that bet, was pretty cool. I bet Landing is now asking him how he gets so much grip in his car. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed, yes, it's changed a little bit. <laughs> We're just getting started with Joey. As we said, he's going to be here for the full hour. We're going to do a car reveal. His Darlington throwback car is right behind us. We have that coming up. Plus, we want you to ask your questions. I mean, the three of us are going to ask Joey questions uh, all hour long, but you can get in on the fun, too. So use the hashtag AskJoey. Send them to us at NASCAR on NBC. And when we come back, we might have one of those questions. We'll also have ours and Joey. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. The NASCAR Hall of Fame opened in 2010. Each year, five individuals, along with a landmark and media contributor, are inducted into the hall. So eight years times five men means the club only has 40 members. Our Dale Jarrett is one of them. And the first thing you see when you walk in here in the Great Hall, Glory Road, a winding ramp of iconic cars. Five inductees have driven the number 22, including Red Byron and Bobby Allison, who won championships with it. Joey hoping to do the same. But first, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, NASCAR and NBC personalities join Mike Bagley and Pete Pistone on the morning drive, only on Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. Well, today, Rutledge Wood joined the show and talked about why he covers NASCAR from his unique perspective. In the first couple of years, as you guys know, I caught a little bit of heat for people saying, like, well, why don't you want to talk about the cars if you're a car guy? And I was like, well, I mean, I can read. Like, I know how fast they were in practice. Do you really want one more person to ask them, like, how your car is? And no was it. The very first time I, w I interviewed Mark Martin, um, I said, Mark, could I ask you about your week? And he said, well, why, why do you want to ask me about my week? I said, well, how are you in practice? He was like, oh, we were like 30 seconds. And I, was like, I just kind of smiled. I was like, that's why. And Mark <laughs> smiled and said, all right, let's talk about my week. That's pretty awesome. You know, Joey Logano among those drivers gunning for one of the three remaining playoff spots in the Monster Energy Series. Logano, Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney all competing in these standings along with an ongoing competition amongst Team Penske drivers. So here's a sample of how they fared when asked how to draw cars blindfolded. <laughs> Welcome to another round of the Penske Games. Now we talking. Spoiler. This is taking forever. Your rod height just a little <laughs> off. You know, I mean, after a wreck, it's not the worst. Eh, it's not the best either. I was close on the wheels. That's good. I didn't quite get to the nose. Actually, that's pretty good. Oh, get out of here! Get out of here! Get the hell! Oh, come on! What's this? Uh, it's a platypus monster truck. Come on! Yes! Uh, that's the best one. This! Uh, 
<laughs> and, I mean, the fact that you you got the spoiler on it. Mean, I mean, yeah, going for I don't detail. Feel like mine was the worst. It definitely <laughs> no. wasn't Elio's. I don't. I feel like Elio's able to see. There's yeah, no there's way. No way. <laughs> I mean, he there's was no able way. to put on the show like how surprised he was. But there's no way you can draw that blindfold. <laughs> no. There's no. No way. I, I like the way. Some of you drew the cars going that way, and some of them drew the cars going that way. What's what's up with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't I, I didn't quite get that. I didn't really think about it. Maybe that's I've always the, drawn them going. Me to, too. Maybe that's the intellectual yeah. side of me. Just <laughs> catches yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that bad. I just got the wheels off a little. Yeah, bit. just a little bit. Blaney drove one with a sprint car, I guess. It, was I that a sprint sure. car? Is that that's supposed to be? I, I, I guess it was. That's like a triangle. Blaney looks like he has something attacking him around his neck there too in that photo. I didn't know what that was when I first saw it. Other than his hair. What is that attacking Blaney? Look at that. I don't know. What is, that? what is that on his neck? Well, he had a different blindfold than the rest of us. Yeah, evidently he did. Yeah. You guys are he having a lot of fun with see. that, though. Yeah. Penske games are really cool. The They're a lot of fun. You know, it's something that, like, when you're filming, you guys know how it is. You start filming something, and you're like, this is goofy. I don't know. Really <laughs> yeah. know. This is, this is going to be dumb. And then it came out, and like they're really funny, and they've done really well yeah. on, the, on social and, and YouTube and all that. So, um, And then they got a points series for oh, no and everything. Oh. Yeah, uh-huh. This is legit. Wow. So uh, I'm in the runnings. Mm-hmm, yes, you are. I'm close. I don't know how many more episodes are left, though. Pretty but, impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I lost out on the, um, they made you eat a bunch of marshmallows and say chubby bunny with uh-huh. the, and I thought that was just, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, I felt like I was going to choke, and I've done it before, and it went really bad, so I was like, I'm not doing that again, and I lost a lot of points that day. I didn't even start the race. No, I couldn't get a waiver. No, no. Couldn't get away from that. No. Bad jelly beans, though. I won the hula hoop thing. You won yeah. the hula hoop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bad jelly beans. We had a conversation about the bad jelly beans. Yeah. The game where you didn't so... Yeah, we, I know. Yeah. I know. You've told us. What? No, no, no. You well, I was just saying... You keep bringing you, bad jelly beans, of course. We know. We know. <laughs> when Joey said, hey, have you ever done something goofy and you think it's not going to... And I'm like, well, welcome to our pre-race show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Every welcome week. to it. We have a lot of fun, though. We're going to have a lot of fun with you today. Yeah. So, I mean, as we get down here and there's how many races left? Before uh, the cutoff. Not a lot. Not we a got lot. Four to go. Four. Not four a lot. to go. So where's your head right Better now? Better make it happen. My head is uh, checkers or wreckers at this point. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, 95 points out. We just saw that's a long ways. Uh, we made a, a play last week that we we're probably going to finish 10th or so. Yeah. 10th, there's nothing for us when Kenseth was running second and, and Clint Boyer was near the top five as well. Running 10th, we're just losing points to the guys we got to beat. Mm-hmm. So. We went, we opted to put four tires on it, put fuel in it, and hope that a lot of cars run out of gas early even more. Hope that there's a caution and a lot of them pit and I got newer tires in them all and we cycle up towards the front and maybe we can sneak something out. So we had to race very aggressively um, and and risk it. Uh, And because of that, we finished 24th. It didn't work out, but um, that's what we got to do at this point to to get in. Um, You know, we got to make sure our cars are are getting faster, um, you know, to put ourselves in position so when we do stuff like that, we can hold them off and, and try to make a win. We do have a fan question we're going to go ahead and throw in. We're going to have these throughout the show. So let's go ahead. And this is the first one. And I think it has to do not necessarily with the Penske games, but maybe with standings. Uh, Tom wants to know, do you think there should be three races, uh, three racers on the podium after the race? Like one, two, three, like IndyCar or F1. Yeah, it's funny you say that. That was brought up um, at, at some point over the offseason. Uh, they're thinking about having a podium. And I was like, oh, that could be ugly. Mm. I think that could be ugly. Ugly why? Well, for one, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, you know, pissed off race car drivers standing yeah. next to each other because only one guy is happy because yeah. only one person yeah. won and that was spring shipping i don't understand how the f1 guys do that and they're like i would be mad yeah. the whole time like i didn't yeah. win and especially if something happened like that you got moved out of the way or something and now you're standing next to the guy that just did that yes like, 
That would be I, tough. But it might make for good TV. So right. maybe that's what they're trying to do. But um, Sam Flood and Jeff Binky just heard that with NBC, and they'll have a podium this week. Yeah, I think. They're gonna that, love that, it, yeah. that sounds like good, 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 good TV. Good TV, I believe. All right, thanks to Tom for sending that in. A reminder: you continue to send in those questions uh, with hashtag Ask Joey. Um, coming up next, we're gonna go a little deeper back into Joey's past. How does a tall, smiling kid? from Middletown, Connecticut, become one of the best race car drivers in the world. And if he hadn't found racing, would he be covered in scars as a hockey player instead? <laughs> Welcome back to NASCAR America, live from the Hall of Fame. Our guest today, Joey Logano, and soon he's going to pull back that tarp and reveal his paint scheme for this year's throwback weekend at Darlington. Growing up in Middletown, Connecticut, Joey Logano began his racing career in the nearby town of Meriden. That's right, right, Joey? At the Silver City Quarter Midget Club. That was it. His 2015 Daytona 500 win made him the first driver from Connecticut to win the Great American Race. And each year, he returns to his home state to host his annual golf tournament, Driving Hope Home, benefiting the Joey Logano Foundation. The driver out of Middletown, Connecticut, racing here in what would be his home event. And Joey Logano has the lead as the caution comes out. So many things have to be going through his mind right now. Yeah, I guess he'd rather be lucky than good right now. Uh, hopefully it keeps on raining. And you can see the rain is coming down harder. Hopefully it just keeps on raining. I tell you, it's the, uh, it's the dream come true, that's for sure. And congratulations to Joey Logano. He gets his first career win, 19 years old, one month and four days. The youngest winner in cup history breaks Kyle Busch's record. And unlike Denny Hamlin, you are okay with a lobster. There's no problem with the lobster. Yeah, I didn't know the tradition of the lobster when I won, but the second time we won it loud, and I was like, give me that lobster. Was, that's your home track. You know, there's nothing like winning at your home racetrack. Yeah. So the second time, I don't think I was ever so excited to win a race. Um, even the Daytona 500, it was bigger to win at Loudoun um, the yeah. second time for yeah. me because mm -hmm. we actually, I mean, it wasn't like a rain delay. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't run good that race, the first race we won, but um, the second one we, we actually won, and that was uh, really exciting. So what was it about when you got behind the wheel of a race car? I know you said you played hockey and, and looked at that and enjoyed that, but as a competitor at such a young age that you knew this was kind of really your path and what you wanted to do. Well, you know, I think when you're a kid, you find something you're good at, you automatically love it. Yeah. You know, and for me, uh, I loved cars growing up. That was my, my first go-kart I got for Christmas, and that was the beginning of the end. Got, <laughs> yeah. Santa Claus brought me a go-kart, and that was, that was it. Every day I got home from school, it was jump in the go-kart and just make laps. And I would just keep making laps around my dad's garbage company and avoid, well, I'd hit a few dumpsters every now and again, but <laughs> that would explain a lot of things. But I had so much fun doing that. It's what I enjoyed. And my sister figure skated, so I was just naturally at the rinks a lot. So instead of sitting around, I'd go play hockey. And I was never going to make it at that, but I had fun trying. And um, so I, I just, I think I liked cars a lot. I enjoyed driving and, and I was good at it. Yeah. So it just kind of naturally kept going that way. When, when you were in school, and, and we see the pictures of you in, in, in the go-kart and in the quarter midgets and, and, and comes up through the ranks. Did you play, did you think about football, basketball, baseball, other sports, or was it motorsports, motorsports, motorsports? You know, my dad played baseball and stuff yeah. growing up, so, you know, he 
we tried t-ball, but I was a kid that like hit the tee and the ball still filtered <laughs> down. You know, like I didn't have any coordination for that, that, and I didn't really enjoy it. And and there was no other thoughts. Yeah. Like it was, you know, when you go to school and you're in elementary school and they ask you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was always race car driver. Yeah. You know, it was always what I wanted to be. So um, I focused in on it. I put all my eggs in one basket, um, and it worked. Uh, you know, I think it worked a lot of. A lot of times just because I focused so much on one thing, but there was no backup yeah. plan. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. this or, or oh, you know, so it's worked out all right. Yeah, Kyle and I both uh, obviously came from a, a racing background and our dad's having huge success there. But your dad has been there with you, not necessarily from his driving, but from the standpoint that he's been behind you since all of this started and there every step of the way. That has to be pretty special with the journey y'all have been on. It was a commitment that your family makes in the sport to get to this level. Uh, is so large, so, so substantial that, that it's probably not talked about enough. And it's like that for every race car driver that's gotten to this level. Yeah. Their family plays a huge role. And I remember first starting racing with my dad, we knew nothing. Like we roll out this quarter midget, we didn't know what we were doing, we didn't know how much air to put in the tires, and we, we just go out there and win. And then we'd roll the car back in the trailer, and next Saturday we'd roll it back out and race again. It was dirty. We always we had this thing, we always said dirty is fast, because everyone had these nice race cars that were all clean, and ours was just, we'd just roll it back in, and he'd go back to work, you know? And we'd roll it next week, and we'd win with it and make everyone mad. But that was, that was I don't know, the most fun I, I think I had racing was just growing up and running around the country with your family and, uh, and just kind of learning together. Um, and it's very different than I think a lot of other yeah. uh, racers and, and especially for you guys but for you know for us this is kind of we did it for fun you know we it when you're six or seven or even when you're 13 or 14 you know you're, you're not you don't know you're gonna make it the chances of making it and there's only 40 cars yeah you know so there's only 40 seats and they're not rotating very quickly right we just talked yeah. about that yeah. so the chances of making it are so slim so you got to enjoy it and that's what I try to tell uh, kids that I see racing quarter midgets and, and you know legends cars or late models I say just enjoy the fact that you actually get to take your car to its limits and get to race because you don't know how long that's gonna last yeah well walk us through a little bit of, of that commitment from Connecticut to Atlanta to Charlotte to Mm -hmm. go-karts to bandoleros to everything what was your progression uh so i moved up very very young in everything i did and that's you know obviously when you're young you don't really know what you're doing so um you know i remember you know we moved from connecticut my dad had a, a garbage company up there he sold out he wanted to get away from the cold weather in the winter time so he said just south anywhere so <laughs> we went to atlanta um i remember we drove into the speedway for the first time down at atlanta motor speedway and we met kenny reagan who's david's yeah. dad and he said man you got to get one of these bandoleros these are the new things and my dad was all about it because you don't have to push them to start them they had an electric start <laughs> he's like oh yeah these are great <laughs> so uh i I started racing those and of course you, know, you start winning in them and we got to start we got to get a legends car we got to move up um but i was only nine and i wasn't able to race in a lot of well, really anywhere um so we had a, a birth certificate that worked really well for you know a few races <laughs> that showed that maybe i was a little older than what i was and uh that worked for a while and then i got busted and um then we had to move back down for a couple of years before i can start racing those again but i I always moved up really, really quick, and I think my dad's theory to all that was, you know, you can only get better if you're racing against people better than you. Sure. Um, you got to keep challenging yourself, and um, and I think that's why you see a lot of other young drivers coming up yeah. now is that they they've kind of done the same thing. Um, you know, ever since I was little, and I, I my my dad's a he's he's awesome, but now I, I realize like. 
He's a little bit nuts. <laughs> we, so when I was seven, we all realize that. We all know this. So I think yeah, everyone knows this. But when I was seven, he gets he goes at a junkyard. A friend of us has a junkyard, and he, and he pulls out the Civic, and he's gonna teach me how to drive a stick shift. So and how he figures out, he's gonna put some blocks on the pedals, and he gives me a Your little pillow on the back. I was seven. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and I used to always shift for him, you know, when he drove. Uh -huh. But so I had that part figured out. But the clutch, I didn't know how to figure it out. And so he just sits me in there and goes. All right, you know what to do. And he, and he went back to work. And I would just drive around the yard and just grabbing gears in this, this car all day long. And now, like, as I'm older, I look, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Pops, you're freaking nuts. I'm like, but, it, but it, I guess those were the good times. Like, that yeah. was so much fun. And, and now looking back at it, it was cool. It was the things I got to drive when I was young. I used to water down the yard with, you know, the, the water truck. And so yeah. I couldn't push the clutch in because it was too stiff for me. So he'd jump on the door and let the clutch out. And he says, all right, when the water's done, just, you know, hit the brakes until it stalls out. <laughs> okay, you know, and that was that's what I did, man. So you're gonna let yeah. your little boy um, drive a stick shift at seven? I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's hard to break all that. He wants to do, um, but obviously, you know, when you, when you hear you're having a little boy, you get all excited. And you're like, oh man, I, I got my first quarter vision. My parents kept that, and I was like, man, how cool would it be to put a motor back in that yeah. and see him driving that around? Like, you, you can't help but think that. Um, but I don't want to be the father that, that pushes yeah. their kid into doing something they don't want to do. If he doesn't yeah. want to be a race car driver, great. That's fine. You know, if he wants to be, <laughs> that's cool too. I'm, I'm all about it. So whatever they want. So your progression all has been fast. I mean, you were great winning at every level. Uh, but then all of a sudden comes getting into a cup car and things didn't go as you hoped or as we all planned. You know, we, mm -hmm. we expect just to go right on, as you said, uh, plenty of confidence there, but it took more than that to happen. How important was it at that time to have your family with you on a weekly basis? Having a support group was very important at that, at that moment because, like you said, everything was going smooth. I jumped in an Xfinity car, boom, we won. Tony announces he's starting his own thing. He's moving on. Joe Gibbs calls and says, you want to drive to 20? Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't make a different decision today. Yeah. I, I had to take that. How do you not? Um, but I wasn't even close to being ready. And, you know, I, I was so far um, off of, of being ready to jump in a cup car, and uh, I got beat up a lot. Uh, just, you know, your, your confidence. You, yeah. you out there, you don't run very well. You, I've never really lost before, so I was... You know, sometimes you gotta learn how to lose. Yeah. You know, as you start beating yourself up, you gotta learn how to pick, keep picking yourself up and keep getting better um, and not getting this this rut. Um, so I learned a lot throughout those those moments and I had a great group around me. Obviously my family, but you know, I can't help but think about like Mike McLaughlin. Uh, he was mm -hmm. kind of like my driver coach. He'd come to the track every week with me. He knew Zippy very well. Um, you know, we were able to, he was kind of like that communication guy that kind of helped Zippy and I yeah. uh, communicate well. And, and, and he'd stand in the corner and say, this guy's lifting here. And I was like, okay, you know, and I tried to figure it all out and he'd help me with that. So having people like that really helped um, me get through that, those times that I was really lost. Where you're at now, you talk about your support group. Um, you got married, had a great time at your wedding, as a matter of fact. I remember parts you, of it. Do you remember it? I remember <laughs> parts of it. I must say I remember parts, I remember parts of it. How important is Brittany to the support group now? Ultra important. Yeah. Um, you know, you know how it is when you have a, a partner, um, you know, when you, you get home, and, and especially lately, obviously things have gone a, yeah. a little bit rough this year, and, you know, you start to, you know, kind of get into that same 
you know, mindset that's just like, man, what, what is going on? You start working harder and you, the harder you work, you don't really see anything coming out of it. And you're just, you know, you, you start to get confused, um, you know, and you got to have someone there that's, you know, supporting you and, and that kind of understands who you are and what's going on in your life. And that can kind of get your mind off it sometimes. Cause sometimes that's the healthiest thing you can do is yeah, just yeah. to sometimes forget about it for a few hours at a time mm-hmm. at least. Um, and that's been so important to have someone like Brittany. She's awesome. She's fun. She's, can joke around she really in all honesty she doesn't know much about racing at all which is great that's i am happy with that she knew nothing when we first, <laughs> when we first met she knew zero about racing she didn't even know i raced and uh so it's still fun that we can you know kind of take away and just step back from racing. what did you think when kyle showed up in those pants that we were just showing there though the coke i pants? thought where do I get those? That's exactly I knew right. Them. I knew. Look at those. Those are awesome. If I had those pants, I'd wear them. I thought he was going to grab a jack and just go you know, jack up race cars like the old days with those pants. Okay. You talk about taking your mind off stuff. So I saw your photo on Instagram last night with the USS Minnow with, with the life. Tell us the story about the, the water car and how you were going to dinner last so night. So the water car is hands down the coolest car I got. It's an amphibious car. Um, and it's kind of like the Amphicar from back in the day. Yeah but it's the modern version. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes 45 mile an hour in the water. So it, it's, a, <laughs> wow. it's got a little jet drive. It drives like a jet ski. And uh, so we had to go to dinner last night and it was like on the other side of the lake and it'd be like about a 30 minute uh, drive or so. And I thought, well, we can make this in 10. So we just <laughs> went in the water and we popped out the other end, drove to dinner and came back and right back in the backyard. So it, it uh, that's perfect. So you've used it before. This oh, is, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, all the this time. This is always your Yeah, I, did, I beat the 77 traffic around yeah. Traffic's oh, not good around this area. Most of the time, so the photos a, that he posts is in lightning storms and, and bad weather. Yeah, Every time he, he goes that. out, he's really bad about going out like that. Yeah, it's probably not real smart, but. <laughs> well, we did um, show up there when we showing the, the picture of you and Brittany that you guys are obviously expecting your first child mm-hmm. in January and uh, I was able to recently sit down with the two of you and fans are going to l- love seeing that because oh look at that that is so awesome yeah, oh, we can't picture. we can't help it the picture in the I background like the picture is, in the back is, yeah. is yeah. kind of yeah. how that all works it's a reenactment and I'm glad you said sense. you asked her first if you could post I, that I did Smart she's man. got a good sense of humor Smart man. for sure yeah, both of you you yes. guys your sense of humor is incredible and I think fans are going to see that that piece where they talk about they're going to Joey and Brittany talk about the the upcoming role of parenthood and why it means so much to them you're going to see that next week in Bristol so we're really looking forward to that that'd be fun you know what else we're looking forward to? That car. That car. Yep. Yes. yep. The reveal is coming up. Joey's Darlington throwback paint scheme. Kyle and Dale are going to help, and they're going to um, take over. So heaven help us. The driver's meeting <laughs> begins when we return. Welcome back to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. You know, this year's Darlington throwback era is celebrating the years 1985 to 1989. You know I can't wait. Joey wasn't even born yet. It's time to see Logano's throwback look for Darlington. Let's go to our driver's meeting for the reveal. Okay, 1985 to 1989. That was like my best years, and here we're now we're and we're throwing back to that. I don't Your understand. Best it. hair too. Yeah, right? best oh, hair. It was yeah. definitely my best hair. Sure. All right, so we're gonna un- unveil Joey's car. He's not seen it yet. So are you ready? Let's do this. Ready? Let's do I'm it. Wanting to see it. Oh yeah. There she is. Woo. Nice. She looks like good. That, eh? I think so. Yeah. So this is uh, Jimmy Vassar's Indy car that he ran in 02, celebrating uh, when Shell bought Pennzoil okay. um, back then. So they're, they're kind of honoring that relationship. 
and uh, it got a cool looking car. It is. So there's yeah, there's the Under Indy the car that kind of looks like yeah. it. So it's a. Uh, Kind of different, but I, I like it. It looks, I like it, it. it looks neat. It'll go uh, cool with the Darlington, and, and um, of course, any car looks good in Victory Lane. But this I'll one might look, look a little better. Outstanding, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Under the lights at Darlington. Yeah, very nice. They all look good in Victory Lane. So talk about Darlington. How <laughs> yeah. about yeah? What are your thoughts on Darlington? We you better win. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you'll win before I, then. Darlington you won't is, to. I think, you know, when you when you think of the top tracks you want to win yeah. at. You know, you, you think of Daytona, Indy. I think the next one you think yeah. about is Darlington. Either that or the Coke 600. Yeah. yeah. Um, those two are all, uh, always next to, you know, next in line in my mind at least. That might be different for everybody else, no, but no, um, you're right. The so Southern 500 is a big deal um, to win. It's a tough, grueling race. It, it feels like the longest race of the year, yes. uh, yeah. 500 miles around yeah. that place. <laughs> but um, I remember winning a, a, an Xfinity race there and how big of a deal it was. So I couldn't imagine uh, the feeling it is of winning the Southern 500, and especially in our points position to, to bring this in the victory lane we're going to michigan this week um michigan is a speed racetrack you guys have been a little bit off on speed this year uh if i go back the last couple of years man you guys have had speed right if something else happened you always had speed how hard has it been this year not having that little bit of extra cushion a little bit of speed is is really what allows you to recover if something happens, and a lot of times in these longer races, you have a hiccup of some sort. Maybe it's a bad restart, a pit stop, a mistake uh, of some sort somewhere. Maybe it's a strategy. It could be anything. A fast car can overcome all of that yeah. a lot of times. Um, now we have to be perfect all the time on everything we do. Um, and I believe the speed will come back, right? I mean, we, yeah. everyone's been talking about the Joe Gibbs cars and how fast they are right now and how the Toyotas are. But... Remember at the beginning of the year what we were talking about? How, yeah. how the man they haven't won a race and are running well. Yeah, exactly. Wow, but boy, does it change pretty quick. So knowing that the the confidence that I have that that obviously Team Penske is going to figure this out, Ford's going to figure this out, and how we're going to get our cars faster and back to winning races. The only thing is we only got four weeks to do it. Yeah. So we've heard uh, your teammate Brad uh, say that you know we're not where the Chevrolet, uh, the Fords and Chevrolets aren't where the Toyotas are. They have something that we don't. Uh, we're not as fast. We need, uh, we need to get there. What is it that you see with the Toyotas that makes them better right now? Can you see that as a driver exactly say, this is what we have to do better? Well, you know, they worked, they worked hard. You know, yeah. they, they worked hard to develop a new body. Yeah. Um, and I think they developed a lot of the tweaks that they needed to to that body and had some low-hanging fruit uh, with a new body to start adjusting on and figure out how to make more downforce with it. And it seems like they've done a good job. That's from the outside looking in. But that all starts from them developing a new body, Toyota yeah. doing that. Uh, you know, obviously, and then the teams, you know, taking that to their advantage. Um, you know, it's not something that just happened like that. You know, yeah. this is something that's been in the works for them, I'm sure, for years. So uh, it's something that, uh, yeah, we're playing a little bit of catch up right now, for sure. Um, but there's no doubt we're going to be able to do it. As you, as we take, you know, we've all driven cars that were up on power and were down on power. And when the great equalizer were the shorter tracks, were the Bristols or the Richmonds, or the Martinsvilles. As we go to Bristol again this time, you've been great at Bristol. As we go to, to back to some of the shorter tracks to Richmond, does that give you confidence that you can run with these guys and for sure. with the races that we have? Yes, for sure. The, the, the next race is coming up. We've won at all of them but one, but Darlington. Um, so we, we, we know how to win at these racetracks. Um, and like you said, the shorter tracks, 
I think are going to play into our hands pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Bristol's arguably probably our best racetrack as a 22 team. Uh, we've run well there every time. If something doesn't go wrong, we've run really well that, and had our great shot to win. So, um, you know, and usually the fall races, the, the tracks rubbered up more and it seems to fall into our hands a little bit better with the way, uh, you know, I like the car to drive and the way we set this yeah. thing up. So, um, yeah, I look forward to those races coming up. Uh, and we got to stay confident. You know, like yeah. I said, yeah. you know, e even though maybe we've been off a little bit of speed lately, I don't look at Michigan and write it off by no yeah. means. I but, think if yeah. we can go out there and we can attack and we can still make a win happen there, no doubt out um, unless we shouldn't show up yeah. if, if we have a different attitude yes. Yes. so um, I know we can still do this okay nice throwback car and while we've yeah. been doing this segment Krista has done a throwback hairdo to 1984 so I'm gonna throw it back <laughs> over to Krista here's why I like the car because it's nice and bright 85 to 89 fluorescent was big you can expect that at Darlington so that looks awesome Joey and when we come up on NASCAR America Joey will answer questions from you the fans you can still submit them on Twitter by using the hashtag Ask Joey. Big hair don't care, Kyle. <laughs>Car America is brought to you Today, Hendrick Motorsports made it official as the organization named 19-year-old William Byron the driver of its number five Chevrolet for the 2018 Monster Energy Series. Earlier today, Byron spoke with the media on what it means to move up to NASCAR's highest level. Yeah, it is going to be a different Hendrick Motorsports, and it's going to be a lot of young guys, but I feel like there's a, a lot of talent, and uh, Chase has shown uh, so much to me to uh, help me along the way, and we've raced against each other in late models and stuff like that. So I feel like it's going to be exciting for us. We're going to be ready to go, and uh, Jimmy's going to be kind of that stakeholder for us to, uh, to understand the Cup Series. William Byron, a past champion in the K&N Pro Series East, which competed over the weekend at Watkins Glen. You can catch that race next, right after we're done here from the Hall of Fame. But we are not done yet. You know, Joey Logano knows what it's like to be a young racer, and he's going to answer some of your questions when we come back. Hey, NASCAR fans, I'm Joey Logano. This is the Bottle Flip Challenge. Here's Trinity. She's my challenger for today. We're going to see what we can do in 35 seconds. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. One. Two. One. Three. Two. Four. Six. Six. Seven. Eight. Oh! All right, I got eight. How many did you get? I got five. Five. Okay, so there's the challenge. Let's see what you guys got. Ask a parent to help you create your video and upload it to their social media. Joey making a comeback there on the bottle challenge. Yeah, that's how competitive I am. I can't <laughs> let a kid win. No, I can't let a kid win. No. Hey, Trinity. You're going down. Well, I got you. <laughs> well, you ready for some uh, some questions? Let's do it. Okay. So fans at home have been uh, sending them in with a hashtag Ask Joey. So this is from Stock Car. I guess Live It. Stock Car Live It. Are you and Brittany already thinking about your son's name? We have thought about names a lot. Yeah. And uh, we're down to a couple. And. Uh, we can't really figure out exactly yet. There's one that I like a lot, but it's like semi-popular. Okay. Um, and oh, the other one I don't really I like. To, so. uh, Kyle's a good name. <laughs> Kyle. Semi-popular. Kyle, Kyle Dale would be a good name. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Dale. Dale. Well, Dale Kyle? Kyle Dale? Put Kyle Dale Jr. Put it on the list. Kyle Dale. Yeah. Kyle Jr. That was Kyle Dale Jr. Kyle, the, the third. <laughs> 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 All 
right, here's another one. This is from Rhonda. Rhonda Moore wants to know, uh, so you're given the NASCAR rule book allowed to change, eliminate one rule. What do you pick? Ooh. Ooh. Um, the encumbered win. <laughs> 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 All right, let's do another one. We got more. Uh, this is from Ken. Is oh, is Roger Penske intimidating? Ken wants to know. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the first time I met him, very intimidating. Now I've realized that he's just like everybody else. He's just really, really smart, um, and, and he's fun to be around. He's just a I mean, he's a racer at, at heart, which is cool. And he's done all these other things that um, obviously have, have in business that are incredible. And he's still growing. That's a, the thing that fascinates me most about him is that he doesn't really have to keep growing and you yeah. know adding all these different companies and adding more race teams and all this stuff. But he does. You know, he he loves it that much. He loves the. Uh, I guess he's fascinated with growth. I, I would assume. But um, you know, he, he's got a great family. His, his grandkids, his kids are all at the racetrack this weekend. Um, you know, his wife Kathy comes to the track a lot as well. So uh, it, it's a fun atmosphere. But yes, when you first meet him, he come he comes walking in. You're like, oh my God, that's Roger Penske. Like that's that's what, that's how I felt. Like oh my God, what do I do? You know. But um, you know, once you get to know him, though, he's obviously a really cool guy. Yeah. All right, we've got keep them coming. We've got some more here for Joey. Uh, Bryce wants to know who inspired your driving style. Says he loves the aggressive style that you have. Makes it fun to watch. Who inspired it? Uh, getting beat up a lot in the beginning of my career. Everyone that beat me up inspired my my driving style. Now <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's uh, pretty much how it happens. Once you figure out what it takes to win. Um, I think you kind of figure it's that ends up your style. Um, and when you say driving style, I think it, there's there's the racing style, like when you're racing around cars. But I think mm -hmm. there's also the driving style, the technique of the way you drive the car, the way you use the throttle, the, the steering wheel, the brake, everything, uh, and what type of balance you want in your car. Whether you like a loose car or a tight car, that stuff is really uh, you know kind of driver preference, and you kind of figure that out as you keep growing up. Yeah. Well, you got a good style. It. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. it works well. Yeah. And you know what Thanks. else you have is a great perspective because you yes. can tell you appreciate everything yes. that that's around you. So yeah. thank thanks you for coming for down here. here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for great, man. Uh, to be doing what I love. So yeah. thanks for having me. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank and you. our thanks thank to you. the Hall of Fame, as always, for each Wednesday, allowing us to come in. And there it is. That's going to be the car Joey will drive at Darlington. We'll see you tomorrow. We have William Byron, Kyle Larson, Kevin Harvick all on the show. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.